Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when the MacBook is air. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Now, we are coming to you guys live at at 9 p.m. on the East Coast, 6 p.m. on the West Coast, or 11 o'clock in Greenland. So to all, all of us uh, Greenlandians out here, <laughs> uh, I, I salute you. If you're, if you're looking for tech advice in Greenland, then I guess you're in the right place because we care about you in a unique way that no one else on this platform seems to, you know? I mean, how, how, how long, what was the last time that someone targeted a podcast to Greenland. I be- I ask I you this. I can't think of one. I can't think of one. And I mean, it's it's probably it's probably my favorite eight hundred and thirty six thousand three hundred square mile country that I could think of. And I think all of fifty six. Yeah, that one? I think all fifty six thousand three hundred and sixty seven of its population are <laughs> are just itching. To uh to get some targeted uh, podcasting here, don't you think? I think so. I'm just I'm very impressed that you had those numbers just ready to go there. Oh yeah, you know, I mean this is a podcast specifically tailored towards Greenlandians, and I have to be on top of it. I I got my Greenland facts just totally memorized. Is that actually? Are they actually called Greenlandians? There's no way. <laughs> don't There's know. There's no way. Okay, wait. We have to find this out. What are people from Greenland? Oh, Greenlandic. Greenlandic people? Greenlanders. Really? I feel like Greenlandians is better. I'm not going to lie. It does sound cooler. A little bit of a... Like a... Like a... What am I trying to say? Like a fantasy kind of kind of sound there. Right? Exactly. It's the world's largest island, you know? Well, there you go. If if you were in, in search of a large island, that's where you would go. Uh, someone said my audio might be a little low. I'll turn that up a, a touch here. So, we have we have a bit of sad news tonight, I'm afraid. And that is, last week we spent a good bit of time talking about the iPad Mini. It's pros, it's cons... And regrettably, Noah has 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 let us down. Frankly, we have said goodbye to uh, one of our one of our good friends yesterday. Mm. I did return uh, my iPad Mini. Indeed, this is so How sad. How could you do this? This is so sad. How could you do that? This is not huge. <laughs> this is terrible news. I am extremely disappointed in you, Noah. I have to say. My iPad Mini may not be the most good product. Uh-huh. I might not exactly know what to do with it, how to use it most effectively. Uh-huh. Or why it exists. Is there a butt coming but, here? There it is. Yeah. The <laughs> butt. It's it's so cute. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I mean, how can you? How can you? It's like it's like a it's like a misbehaving pet, you know. <laughs> it, you don't quite get it. It's like one of those small dogs that's always yipping and yapping and and like making a ruckus, and you're like, 
man, would you please shut up? But also, look at you. You're so cute. That's what I think when I see the iPad mini. It's like, oh, it peed the bed. Oh, but look at its face. Oh, it's so cute. That is an interesting way to look at it. And, you know, in in, uh, in that scenario, I probably would have made the same decision if it were a dog. I probably would have made the same decision. Well, you would have returned it? Yeah. Ugh. Noah and I have had – we don't need to get into this drama, but Noah doesn't like animals. Is, uh, am I misphrasing this? Am I going to end up like getting you canceled for saying that you don't like animals? I definitely I feel like everyone is united. I definitely think I will get canceled, but I'm mm. not an a fan of animals in general. So please don't mm. be offended by that, but Oh, you see, you know, I don't condone bullying. Uh-huh. But if you wanted to send Noah some hate mail, uh-huh. I'll put his address in the comment. Oh, no, I'm okay. Kidding. I uh, but I will say though, um, your dislike of animals is completely indefensible. I have no words to say uh, to support your decision. I think you're wrong, and I think you're stupid. All right, you know <laughs> what? You're uh, you're entitled to that opinion. Ooh, Ethan's got a good idea here. We'll send you a dog, and then we'll see what you have to say about that. Just you wait. Watch someday. Once you end up being like a huge dog guy, it's gonna happen. You know it. It very well could. I can't imagine it happening, but I'm not gonna say it's impossible. Now, actually, I do. I I was just reading the chat here, and this is, by the way, completely unrelated. (laughs) Good. has nothing to do with anything that we've said at all Good. in the past seven minutes. Not one single thing is in common. Okay. Here in our comments section, someone has, has queried, anyone else have an issue with their MacBook Air grabbing up all the RAM within an hour or so of starting it up? Safari seems to be the worst abuser. Now, this, this is quite interesting because um, I have noticed... Uh, a somewhat similar thing. So I I have Clean My Mac X 10, I don't know, installed on my M1 MacBook Pro. Their channel sponsor. Uh, I use the software, and I get pretty frequent notices like, hey, all your RAM, <laughs> gone. It's gone. There's none left. And I'm like, you know, it's weird. Because, like, obviously, you know, it, when your RAM fills up, you you start to notice it a little bit. Now, I don't notice that on my iMac because I have 128 gigabytes of RAM, and it takes quite a bit of time for that to fill up. But with 8 gigs, you definitely can notice it. However, I have not had any issue with performance. Like, like literally, it will be at completely full. 8 out of 8 gigabytes of RAM are taken. And I don't notice any issue. Well, I can tell you why it's happening. And it's not something... It's nothing you have to worry about. Basically, what happens is macOS uh, will load, uh, like, commonly used files into RAM so that when you try to open them again, they'll be super fast. So that's why, first of all, that's why you notice it happening after an hour or, you know, happening relatively 
quickly. I don't think it's Safari. I mean, if you have a lot of tabs open in Safari, it's going to use a lot of RAM. Any web browser is going to do that because mm -hmm. each tab is essentially like its own process and you know, web apps these days are very complicated. So that, so, you know, Safari could be part of it, but when you're seeing eight out of eight gigs and you're, and you're not running in performance, the reason is because it's just like caching files and stuff in the RAM and it's going to just evict that like as soon as you actually need the RAM. So, um, that's, that that's why you're seeing it and it's not an issue. Well, how about that? Look at that. We got ourselves some actual yes. tech advice. Actual. Tech so don't advice. worry about it. I mean, that's basically been my thing. I just hit ignore. You know, it says your RAM is full, and I say don't care. If it starts pissing me off, maybe I'll take a take a quick peek at it. But yeah, I and that 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 totally makes sense because, I mean, obviously we all know that Macs are snappy. Even older Intel Macs run pretty well, and that's not exclusive to Apple Silicon, right? The 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 caching of files, or is that something to do with the unified memory architecture? I don't know i don't know if it's exclusive to m1 max that it does that i don't think i feel like the intel max would still do that i've honestly never i mean i never even check the ram usage because i don't it's not something that i worry about but uh but i think it's just yeah. a mac os like system feature i yeah i wouldn't be surprised i mean i i always find i don't know it's it's quite interesting i always find that the amount of, of memory that is is being used when I'm doing stuff on various different Macs with various different memory sizes is always very different. Um, and, and I never really seem to notice it being a limitation, if that makes sense. Right. So like right now, I've, I've just pulled up Activity Monitor here on my iMac Pro, which is where I'm streaming from, right? So I've got a number of processes going on here. I've got Final Cut sitting just in the background. It's not doing anything, but it's sitting there. Um, obviously, we've got a stream going on. I've also got... Um, so the stream is open in Chrome. That's where we're streaming from. I've also got Safari open with the live dashboard to look at the analytics. So there's Safari is open. I've got messages in the background. I've got our shared note app opened up here. And then I've got QuickTime recording my audio. Okay? Not a, not a ton of stuff open, but that's like a decent amount. Now I'm sitting here. I'm using, I'm using 50 gigabytes, of 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 RAM. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot of RAM, and I'm I'm, I mean yeah, we're streaming, but uh, Chrome is currently. How much is it using? Google Chrome is using like, half a gig, something like that. So the streaming is the primary activity. Final Cut, which I have not touched in hours, is using 11 gigabytes of RAM, just sitting idly by. And that's something that I've noticed with a lot of different Macs. And I've used a lot of different Macs. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. But I, I always have um, at least half of the RAM in use. And I think it's because Mac OS sees that it has some RAM available. You might as well use it for some caching. Like right now, actually, it says memory used 50.75 gigabytes. And then right below that, it says cached files 42.37 gigabytes. Yep. So that's, I mean, that's probably a lot of, I don't know if that's in addition. I don't know if it's like um, 92 gigabytes combined or if 42 out of the 50 is cached files. 
I'm not sure, actually. That's a good question. I think, because you see to the right of that, it says, like, application memory, physical memory, whatever. I, like, that's a breakdown. Yeah. So I feel like they are set. I'm pretty sure they're separate things. Because it says out of the memory used, wired memory is 6 gigs, app memory is 44. So, yeah, I guess it is using 92 gigabytes of, of RAM right now. But half of that is just caching files. So I guess it just kind of uses up whatever you've got left over and it's caching files. And this is obviously an Intel Mac. So that that's probably a pretty big reason why um, even old Macs end up feeling fairly snappy with an SSD is once you combine 500 megabytes per second read-write with a little bit of caching, and there you go. Um, now, someone has pointed out that Safari uses more RAM than AAA games, but as Noah was saying, it's it, it's not quite the same as Chrome, in my understanding, because cache, uh, caching stuff is a little different than tying up your RAM. Yeah, it depends. Like, with a web browser, it depends. Like, if you have a bunch of tabs open, like, each tab is, you know, separate process it's got its own stuff going on its own you know javascript code that's running um i like a lot of people have a lot of tabs open i always you know try and keep a small number of tabs but like all those tabs are they're gonna use up your ram and remember if they're sitting in the background they're still gonna take up ram and obviously the system can um compress that memory if you haven't touched it in a while uh, but it's still got to be there somewhere so it will take up true will take up some memory i wanted to before we move to another topic there were some people talking about uh starbucks and mcdonald's wi-fi having issues so i wanted to give one more really actual tech advice um whoa before before we move on to the to the to the fun part give him give some actual tech advice uh, if you this is uncharted waters, are you sure that this is a good idea? This is well. Let's see. We said a laugh or two along the way. Maybe we need to say a, a, a piece of real tech advice or two along the way because this would be the second piece. So this, I think, this that's would be fair okay. enough. I think this okay. Would be okay, we'll allow it. Continue. Yes. Yeah, so um, the one thing I'll say for that. So when you connect to those networks and uh, you get that, you know, you get the pop up that you have to like agree to continue sometimes you should put in your email address you know all those uh there's like public networks and you get those pop-ups right so those are yeah those are called captive portals basically you have to go through them in order to connect to the internet and they do all kinds of weird things to uh to get them to work so one thing that they'll do sometimes is they'll rewrite all of the dns requests to point to this captive portal so basically when you type in a website like youtube.com, um, your browser has to look up, you know, what IP address does youtube.com resolve to, right? But what some of these will do, some they'll do like weird things. And like, so one example is they'll rewrite and they'll say, oh, youtube.com, that resolves to the captive portal. They'll give the IP address of the captive portal and they'll do that for everything. And then your browser will get confused. They'll say, wait a second, YouTube used to be this thing and i know youtube was a secure website right you know you see the lock icon https you know it's secure yeah and all of a sudden it's changing this other thing and the browser gets confused and like all kinds of weird things happen the the best thing you can do is if you connect to a network and uh and it has a captive portal like that and there's issues go to never ssl.com n-e-v-e-r-s-s-l.com it's a website 
that does not have, like the name says, it does not have SSL, which is like the secure uh, connection. And then it'll be able to go, if you try to go to like google.com or YouTube or any website with the, you know, with the secure connection, which is pretty much all websites these days, you can get tripped up. If you go to never SSL, it's made specifically for that purpose of not being a secure website so that your browser can do the redirect it has to do. So that's my one tip. If you see a captive portal and you're having trouble connecting to it, connect to the network, go to neverssl.com, and hopefully that'll resolve your issue. And that's it. Wow, look at that. Noah's tech tips. Yes. <laughs> this is actually very interesting. Uh, now, I do want to say I, I had a similar question as this individual here in chat. Even on VPN, like what, what does a VPN do um, in a captive portal situation? See, I don't use a VPN personally. I'm not completely sure where. I believe the VPN sits before the DNS. Like if you, and it might even depend, but like when you're making, and the DNS example is just one example of something that, that, that might happen. Um, I believe the DNS sits before it. Maybe it wouldn't be an issue. I would say to try I would say to try turn if, if you're running into issues try turning off the VPN and connecting to the network because usually when you connect to a captive portal it will look at like your local IP address or your Mac address which is like the physical address of your network card and so even if you have the you turn the the VPN on afterwards it should still recognize the same device as far as like skipping the captive portal so I'm honestly not sure, but That's interesting. maybe try turning it off. I don't know. There you go. There's some actual tech advice. Who would have thought on, on this podcast? Most <laughs> people come here um, for frankly unknown reasons. But there you go. Yeah, 216 people have reasons. now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Yeah. Fair. That's fair. You know, I, here's the thing. I feel like... At the end of the day, we're we're two white guys with the podcast. We're kind of a dime a dozen, you know. <laughs> Every twenty-something white guy thinks, "Hey, ooh, I'm gonna make a podcast because people are really interested in what I have to say." The very least that we can do is not pretend that people are interested in what we have to say, yeah. and just kind of own the fact that we're just two white guys with a podcast. Yep, it's uh, very very authentic in that way. Yeah, you know, we like to keep it real. We're not we're not here trying to fool ourselves, fool you guys, go on an ego trip. We don't have egos. <laughs> we realized long ago that that was a, a foolish endeavor. Yep, we're just out here having some fun, and maybe some people will tune in, and that's good too. That's good too. Now, where do we... Wait, we, we were talking about the iPad Mini, right? And why you returned it and how you're a horrible, terrible monster. That is... Because you looked at its cute, cute face and you said, No. <laughs> Be gone, you adorable wretch. That's you. That Okay, let me... I want to just say about its cute, cute face. I think mm. the bezel... One of the, one of the many reasons, and I'd be happy to talk about all the reasons, and I did a little bit last week, but the bezel's like the same size as the iPad Air and the iPad Pro, but with the smaller screen, it looks a lot bigger, so I don't know if I would call it a cute, cute face. I know I'm, I know I'm being a little controversial here, but, uh, but I just, someone had to wow. say it. Someone had to say it. My goodness me. Now, I, I, I have to say I do agree with you. 
they kept the bezels the same size as on the air, but then they shrunk the rest of it. So I'm like, nah, you can't do that. Like, okay, the thing is, I would I would understand their argument for bezels, right? I, I, obviously, on an iPhone, I want as little bezel as possible. Right. On an iPad, especially an iPad Mini that, frankly, is is best used without accessory, right? Handheld, no case, no keyboard, mm-hmm. light, tiny, freaking beautiful. But you don't need that much area to get a grip on it when you're holding it. Because first of all, it's light, so you don't need to like grab it with your whole fist. And second of all, the side bezels are thicker than they were on the previous iPad Mini. Did you know that? The so- Yeah, because they used to be... The top and bottom were pretty a lot, thin. Were the top and bottom were were pretty thick, and the side ones were really thin. And now they're all like the same. It's interesting. Yeah, I was disappointed by that. I was, I, I gotta say, because that design is from 2012, and it's had that all along. The bezels have have not changed. The design until now did not change a single bit, um, for nine years. And so it had those thin bezels and clearly wasn't an issue. I don't know why they didn't use that thickness as the determinant of the screen size because they clearly kept the width the same, 7.5 inches, but then they made the the width of the screen smaller. I don't know why they did that. Um, I think it should have had an 8.5 inch display and and some of the rumors were. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's possible that that's, you know, that there are prototypes that existed where they were looking at at fitting a slightly larger screen. Um, But I suspect that they had to drive the costs down a little bit for this thing. Um, Not, not so, not like drive them down so that they could make a profit, but drive them down so they could make Apple profit. You know, their, their profit margins are pretty, pretty hefty. I think it's fair to say. So they probably, they probably took a few, cut a few corners <clears throat> jelly scrolling much <laughs> oh yes comes to mind oh yes in fact i we discussed i don't think we talked about this on the podcast here this is a good place to to say it the reason why that jelly scrolling happens mm-hmm. did you did you recall i think i told you over text but it wasn't that that like thorough of an explanation yeah it was something about how the um the that draws the lines what was it from side to side instead of top to bottom right yeah so basically the controller for the lcd on the ipad mini is mounted on the left side of the device and it it, it runs from top to bottom it's on the left side um the the orientation matters because it appears that the screen actually refreshes away from the controller in a, a parallel fashion, so it's on the side and it and it then it refreshes essentially left to right, and that's why when you're in portrait mode, you see that jelly scrolling is because you're going against the uh, refresh of the display, so you see that that line across it. Now the reason why this doesn't happen in the iPad. Air is that the iPad Air actually has the controller on the top, so it's going from top to bottom, 
which means if you're scrolling vertically, you're never going to see it. If you're scrolling horizontally, there's so much width that it pretty much masks it. And then with the iPad Pros, the 12.9 and the and the 11 inch iPad Pro, those are also mounted on the side, just like the Mac Mini, uh, iPad Mini, but you've got 120 hertz refresh rate, so it's refreshing so fast that you can't see the jelly scrolling in real time. And so that is why the jelly scrolling is, is so noticeable on the iPad Mini. And I don't think that there's really much that, that can be done about it. So I think it's kind of, like it's not something that you can really address in software. It's, it's just a limitation of the physical orientation of the controller yeah, that makes sense. And like I I honestly didn't notice it for a while and then I saw people talking about it. But just it was like the night before when I was resetting or I was like wiping the iPad before I was uh, you know, before I brought it back to the store. I was like scrolling on the home screen and I saw like really distinct and then I feel like once you see it, because then when I was in the Apple store, like my friend was looking at the iPad mini and, uh, and he was asking about the jelly scroll. And I was like, go to the home screen and swipe back and forth. And it was like, really, I feel like it's once you notice it, it's like really noticeable. But I feel like I didn't notice it at first. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I didn't really notice it at first. I feel like you have to be looking for it. Like how often are you going to be going back and forth or the, where I thought it was most noticeable was on like a web page with text scrolling up and down quickly. Then you can really see it tilting, but I don't know. I don't think it in normal use. I haven't found it to be that big of an issue. So I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. I'm curious to know in the chat here, do you guys think that the jelly scrolling is another case of people sort of, hyper fixating on flaws in apple products because they're like really excited to hate on apple or do you think that it's like an actual fair issue i mean it is a 500 hundred dollar tablet so it's not like it's not like this is some some minor piece of hardware i mean obviously a 500 hundred dollar ipad is is on the lower end of apple's ipad lineup now but that's what the the original ipad was 500 dollars iPad 2, like that was the price point for the normal iPad for for several years before it moved up market. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't think it's that big of an issue. It's certainly not like, there's not, there's not one reason why I returned the iPad mini. It's certainly, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. I just think the biggest thing was that it was the same time that promotion came to the iPhones. And so it's like... Mm. I, I honestly just think it was a poor timing thing where it's like the iPhone, like the iPad Pro already had promotion. I have an iPad Pro, so I'm used to it on the iPad. Then the iPhone just got it. And it's like, for me, it's really noticeable. And I want to, I want to, uh, did you see that video of the, the guy that showed the iPhone 13 Pro to like his non-tech friends and they like did not notice promotion? Did you see that video? Um, I don't think I saw that video in particular, but I have heard some people saying that they don't notice it, which frankly, I'm with you. I don't get it. That's like the first thing that I notice every time I like unlock the phone. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to see this on camera, but just just being able to go like that and then just, just or here, just that animation is so smooth. Just swiping up to the home screen and then the apps all fly in. 
it looks so buttery. I don't know how people are unable to notice it. Every animation that I do on this phone, I'm always like, oh, I love it. I'm dreading the day that I'm just so used to it. Like, I'm still, I'm starting to get more used to it, but, like, eventually I'm going to be so used to it that I'm not even going to care as much anymore. But, uh, but I'm, I'm still, I'm not there yet. But I don't know. I just feel like that. The problem is you can't go back. Yeah, once you're used like, to it. Like, once it becomes normal, then any Apple product, like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of worried about the Mac now. Mm. I really, oh, man. What if, okay. So, clearly Apple has, has been dragging their feet on promotion. The first iPad with promotion I have and it it came out in March of 2017 the the 10.2 inch iPad Pro so like that's pretty old that's almost 5 years now since promotion has existed and still it is limited to the iPad Pros and then now on the iPhone Pro could I please could I please get it on a MacBook Pro would that not be so awesome? I would love to see what that looks like. I feel like it would look I don't amazing. It's like it's the kind of thing where like I don't even I'm like obviously if the iPad and the iPhone is referenced, but like just seeing Mac OS. Here's a question. If you do sidecar on an iPad Pro, will it be 120 hertz? Oh. I don't know. I have not done that in a while. Yeah, me neither. Speaking of sidecar actually when are we going to get universal control? Mm. Where the heck is that? That is a good question. I have no use for it, but I know you certainly do. Wait, why would you not have a use for it? You have an iPad Pro and a Mac. I guess. I've never used Sidecar, though. That's true. I haven't used Sidecar either. I do I do have two uh, iMacs side-by-side, side, and that would be really yeah. nice. That I would absolutely use that. Like, I usually lag behind on my software updates for my editing machine, but I would I would immediately upgrade to Monterey if it if it would enable that on both of these because that would be so freaking awesome. I, I want to make, like, a whole video on, on that feature when, if it ever actually comes out. Um, but things that we do know are coming out are these MacBook Pros. Now, Noah, yes. I uploaded a video but a day ago. Uh, discussing some some new information. I, w- I would call it a leak, but it's it's 100% true. Oh. 100%, 100%. true. 100%. I did not see this video, so I don't know this information. So Steve Moser found the resolutions for the new displays of the... Um, of the new MacBook Pros, and it's really interesting because, well, let me let me let me pull up here a uh, pixel per inch calculator because there's some there's some stuff, and I talked about this in my video, but I, I'd be interested to get your take on it, Noah. And so basically, the 16 inch MacBook Pro was 3456 by 2234. Damn, I remembered that off the top of my head. That's what happens when you do a video. So there's there's two interesting observations about that. Observation number one, the retina, uh, like the MacBook retina golden ratio, 
has been about 226 pixels per inch, give or take a little bit. So that that's where Retina has been since uh, 2012 on the MacBook Pro, 2880 by 1800, and then when we got the 16 inch, it basically scaled proportionately, and we ended up with again 226 PPI. But with this 3456 by 2234, it's 257 PPI. That's that's a difference that you'd be able to notice. But curiously, the big thing is the aspect ratio. Because every MacBook Pro in its entire history, every single one dating back to 2006 has been 16 by 10. This is 14 by 9, which is even taller. And I think that tells us that tells us some interesting things. Number one, the bezels. I think this is proof that we will finally have uniform bezels on a MacBook, and that that those that those bezels will be fairly slim, given that we're having that like that's a significant increase in pixels, thirty seventy two by nineteen twenty. All the way to 3456 by 2234. That's a pretty big jump. That's really interesting. It definitely, that is definitely a big jump. That is really interesting. There's definitely more room, or let me say, there's more bezel on the top and bottom than on the sides. So it would make sense for it to get taller and. I would make sense for it to get taller because they have more bezel there to give up. And that would make sense for being smaller bezels, which would obviously be greatly appreciated. Yeah. And I mean, I think so. So one of the things that I talked about all the way back in like May when I made a uh, when I worked with Ian Zelbo, we, we made this uh, like whole like top down. Here's everything we know about the MacBook Pro. It, it was weird because so. One of the things that we proposed in that video was that Apple would essentially get rid of the MacBook Pro text. So they, they, that was gone on the original Retina, 2012 to 2016 generation. And then in 2016, we got the, the new one and they brought back and there's like the little matte glass strip on the bottom and it says MacBook Pro or MacBook Air or MacBook if you had one of those. And then there's another glass bezel and then the screen. I think it would be really, really clean if they got rid of that little strip at the bottom there. Which, by the way, I think is also a cover for some like embedded antennas. So they'd have to shift that around a little bit. But if, that, if it was all even bezel all the way around, taller aspect ratio, basically stretch that screen vertically a little bit. Oh man, that would look so good. That would look so good. I think it would be really cool to see. First of all, I liked the 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 older Retinas, or I'll just call them the Retinas, like before the Touch Bar models, because it's still like I said, MacBook yeah. Pro on the bottom on the bottom case, so it was still yeah. somewhere, but it wasn't, and it was it was very clean on the front. I feel like it would be cool if they. Because this would basically look like an iPad at this point. If we're talking about uniform bezels and, you know, obviously no text there. I would be so curious to see if they rounded the screen. Because I think we were 
talking about that was my next comment about Monterey, how like it's like more rounded or it looks whatever we were talking about. But like, I would be so curious mm-hmm. to see if they do that. I kind of, I kind of hope they do. I feel like some people would have some backlash about that, but I think it'd be pretty cool. I f- so the only thing that would contradict that is the 24 inch iMac, which has squared sides. True. Now, you could also make the argument. Okay, what about this? What about okay. this? If you if you take if you take this this new information, right? We've got a, a more pixels, which either means a more pixel dense display or a larger display, or both. We can't rule that out. You know, it's a different aspect ratio. So who's to say that it's going to be exactly sixteen inches? Currently, uh, the MacBook Pro is sixteen inches. You know, sixteen point zero. But it could be 16.2. It could get a little bit bigger. True. Um, it will still be more pixel dense because if you wanted to take that 3456 by 2234 and get it to 226 pixels per inch, that would be an 18-inch display, and I doubt that that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get an 18-inch MacBook Pro anytime soon. But 16.2? Sure. Definitely, definitely could see that. The The issue is when you push those bezels out, it starts to look weird if you have a square display with round corners because the radius of the bend in the MacBook, which has been pretty consistent since 2016, if you, if you push the screen out too far, the distance from the corner of the display to the corner of the curve of the MacBook would be less so than the width of the bezel, and it would look really weird. Mm. Really weird. Because it would look like bezels that end and like pinch in on the display. It would be weird. So you either have to round the display, which I would like, or you have to decrease the radius of the the curvature at the corner of the macbook so that it doesn't do that i don't know if i'm explaining that well that might have sounded like the rantings of an insane lunatic but do you know what i mean i totally get what you're saying basic yeah here so i'll say for i i could see both happening i could see it being a less of a curve because then you still get the curve display effect but it's not as drastic because you know it is a a laptop computer and not a tablet but i will say the magic keyboard and the magic trackpad got even rounder corners so that could be a sign of things to come so i don't know that's a good point because i was gonna say maybe they'll make it less round on the corners but now that you mentioned that you're right the magic keyboard and the magic trackpad and I think we talked about this. The MacBook Pro, the M1 MacBook Pro, the one of the only design differences from before they added the Magic Keyboard was that the trackpad is more rounded on 2020 MacBooks than on 2019 MacBooks. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, it's a slight. It's a very slight difference, but it is noticeable hmm. when they're side by side. Like if you look at the the keyboard, uh, the the trackpad on your MacBook Pro, it's a very subtle rounded corner. Yeah. 
it's much more pronounced on the M1 devices. So maybe they will round the display just a little bit. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't cut anything off. We're talking about a handful of pixels at the very very corners. I really don't think it would like make content look weird. Huh. I don't know. What do you guys think? Put in chat. Curve or no curve? Wait, let's get a poll. What are we talking about? Yeah, we'll get a poll going here. Let's get a poll going here. All right. My goodness. So our question is, uh, will the new MacBook Pros have rounder? What are we asking? Rounded, rounded screen or not rounded screen? Is that our question? Correct. Okay. Let me know when you have this pulled up and I'll put up the banner. Okay, one second. All right, let's see. Should be live. Okay, here you go, folks. If you're watching along with us live here, go to app.darkmodepodcast.com and you can go ahead and fill in the poll. I, I'm going to vote live here. Let me let me share my screen, and and I'm gonna make up my decision here because I'm so on the fence. I really have no idea. I I'm gonna I'm leaning towards yes. Oh wait, but no. May, okay, maybe the fact that it's more rounded, it's more iPad esque with this taller aspect ratio. Maybe that means they'll do it. I'm gonna vote for yes just to. YOLO. It oh, looks like most people are, are agreeing so far. We've got two-thirds, 14 votes saying yes, rounded screen. One-third, seven votes saying no. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I'm very curious to see. And I mean, it, it seems like we might not have to wait that long. Because I don't know if you were privy to this, Noah, but we could be getting invites as soon as the day after tomorrow, Tuesday. Really? Yeah. That's exciting. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical about Tuesday. I think that's pretty soon. Like, here, here's the thing, folks. Uh, let me pull up the old calendario here. That may, means calendar, by the way. It does. So, let's go through the timeline. September 7th were the event invites last month. Then the week after that, September 14th, was our event day. And then a week and a half after that, on December, uh, December hell, September 24th, is when these things actually came out. So it's been a week and two days since iPhone launch and the iPads as well. It seems a little bit soon to have like less less than two weeks after that to be sending out event invites again. Don't you think? I If I had to guess, and if it's going to be an October event, I would think it would be later. It would be like mid to late, probably late October. If I had to guess, that's just pure, pure speculation. Hmm. That, that's been my guess. I sort of had, had been guessing the 26th, which would be the last October event. And, uh, well, 
October 26th would be the last <clears throat> week in October, but the, the previous October event actually was the second Tuesday. Hmm. It was the 13th last year. However, um, oh, wait a minute. No, that's definitely possible then. Because Apple did three events last year, and they were all the second Tuesday. They were they were pretty much a month apart. So I guess it's not that crazy. It just seems a little weird this year. I don't know. Does anyone think that it's a little bit weird to have event invites come out potentially as soon as, as Tuesday? I don't know. I would honestly be surprised, but also last year with like the three events in three months was definitely different. So I, I feel like it's kind of hard to use past, like with these virtual events and like with what happened last year, I feel like it's kind of hard to use like historical precedent. So I don't know. True, true. I mean, historically, before 2020, October events in 2018 and 2016 were um, the last Tuesday of October. But that's also, as you pointed out correctly, because people were actually coming in person. And so if you're going to invite media to an event and then a week later they show up and then a week and a half later there's, they're reviewing stuff and then a week after that you're, you're saying, hey, come back. Yeah. Come back to California. Like, that's weird. But I guess if it's virtual, media doesn't have to go anywhere. No hotels, no flights. Maybe you don't have to space them out. Yeah. I I mean, last year we saw – I don't remember the exact dates of everything, but last year it was three months, three events in three months. So it could definitely – not saying that there will be three events. I don't think there will be, but we could definitely see two yeah. events back to back. I I think if we don't see them on, I, if we don't get event invites this Tuesday, I think it's pretty likely we'd get them next Tuesday. So uh, invites on the twelfth, event on the nineteenth, that seems like a pretty good mix. I could see that. But either way, we're talking about like two weeks here, folks, until getting MacBook Pros. And our poll is now done. It was a dead heat. <laughs> 74 votes. 50-50 split between will the new MacBook Pros have a rounded screen, yes or no. That is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I was not expecting a dead tie there. That is really interesting. I guess we could also pose the question... Which would you prefer, rounded screen or squared off? Do we want to pull that up as well? All right, let's, let's do that. Because I don't know. I think, and I guess I'll vote again on that once that poll is up here. I think I would. I think I would. I would like it. I think it would it would bring a little bit of uniformity, you know, get get some of the same design elements going from the iPhone to the iPad to the MacBook, maybe someday on an iMac. Although I think that could kind of stand on its own, because that's sort of I, I feel like the iMac has its own visual identity right now, and I think it's fine. 
See, someone said, someone said, I don't want the corners of my videos cut off. Here's the thing. They won't be cut off because what video content are you watching that's 14 by 9? Right. It's not going to be cutting off any content because you're going to have black bars on the top and bottom anyway. Because nobody shoots in like even now you're not you're not you're gonna get black bars in sixteen by ten content because you're not filling that up all the way. Yeah, I mean, so I don't think it would make a difference. Yeah, like if you use like if, like the vast majority, or I guess I'll say I don't use stuff in full screen all that often. But like if you're not in full screen, then you have the status bar on the top and the dock or like the white space next to the dock on the bottom, so you're not losing anything. And if you're going in full screen. Yeah. If you're watching a video, you're going to have black bars. So you're not going to lose anything. Like, that's just, you're going to have black bars unless you zoom in, which you're not going to want to do. And then the only thing I can think of is if you're, like, playing a game, I guess, would be, like, the one time that it could happen. But it's such a little amount, and it's in the corners, like, the very extreme corners. Like, yeah. I don't think you're going to I mean, think much. about it this way. If we're talking about a rounded off screen, we're talking about a subtle round, right? It's not going to be as much as on an iPhone or an iPad, right? Where the UI has to be designed around it. We're talking about a 14-inch and a 16-inch display with less rounding than on those devices. I really genuinely don't think that you would notice it um, in a negative way, but it would, I think, make a a decent difference aesthetically. If you can really fill up that whole screen real estate space, I, it would look pretty different. It would look pretty slick. Uh, some people, I will say, you know, someone said here in the chat here, rounded wouldn't work well with Mac OS. Why not? What's your what's your reasoning there? I don't necessarily think that there's any legitimate reason why it wouldn't work well. Like, okay, maybe. The most, I don't know, the only thing I could think of is in full screen mode, maybe like the Apple logo up in the corner and the, the traffic lights on, on a window, maybe those would get a little bit, they'd have to like be moved in a little bit, they'd have to set the boundaries yeah. a couple of pixels further in. Yeah. But that really wouldn't, that's probably it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, because the thing, like, because I saw some people were saying, um, like dragging windows into the corners would be weird. It might cut stuff. I don't off. think it would. Because first of all, you're not when you're dragging into the corner. If you if you have the status bar in the dock there, then you're actually not dragging into the corner. You could hide the status bar in the dock. Exactly. But even still, like the windows are rounded. Like there are rounded corners on the windows. If the rounding on the window is different than the rounding of the screen, that could be a little weird. But I don't think Apple would do that. And then. The only thing I can think of, like, if you're in full screen playing a game and the pause button is in the top corner and it gets cut off, um, maybe that could be an issue. That's, like, the only thing I can think of. The the thing is, though, if you're on a MacBook right now, look at your status bar. The rounding would basically be defined by the height of that status bar. It would not be any larger than that. Right. You know, we're we're talking about a very subtle thing here. So... If you're sitting on a MacBook Pro and you see your status bar, imagine on the left and right corners, right where the status bar ends at the bottom, that's where your curve starts. And it would be, you know, obviously it, it wouldn't even go to the Apple logo all the way, right? It would be that very slight little corner there. 
And on on both of them, and on both of them, you're not. I mean, you're not going to get windows that are that far up in the corners. Like, it's not going to impact. You'd have to really, really try to have it look weird. Um, and and someone someone here just said, speaking graphic design wise, it's redundant and non cohesive to the rest rest of the UX design in current Mac OS. Have you seen Mac OS? Have you looked at it? <laughs> Everything is round now. Like, look at look at Spotlight Search. They made that more round. Look at the new Control Center. That every single part about it is round. Like ev everything in the new Mac OS is rounder than it was before. They should have called it Mac OS Big Round <laughs> last year, because that's basically the biggest thing that changed. Yeah, that <laughs> that is funny. But like, yeah, I mean, if you look at all the like all the classic elements, like the windows and the dock and whatever, are rounded. All the new stuff is really round. The control center, the widgets, like, oh my god, all yeah. that stuff is is round. Like the new icons. Oh yeah, the new icons that are all literally rounded. They're all rounded rectangles. That's exactly what they are. Oh, 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 oh! I just had a thought. Okay. You, if you're looking at if you're looking on a, a window in your desktop, you know you know how the corners of those windows are rounded. Mm -hmm. What if that's the exact same radius of the curvature of the new display? Yeah, I think that because that that's sense. a that's a constant, right? Across all macOS devices, all windows are rounded in that exact way. Mm -hmm. So that's how how round the display would become for that to not be weird at all. Yeah, or... It wouldn't cut it off because it's already... The window... You can't cut off a window that's already rounded in the same exact way because then then your complaint isn't, oh, it's cutting off my window. Your your complaint is, oh, I moved my window off the screen and now I can't see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... Like... <laughs> it definitely, like... I don't know. It's very... Like, right now, the rounding of the corners is very subtle. I could almost see them... I don't remember if... Um, does Monterey increase the rounding, or did Big Sur increase the rounding over the previous one, or no? Because I thought something did. On the windows? Yeah. I don't think so. I thought the rounding, the rounded corners got increased at some point recently, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Someone someone said here, I can't find... Oh, yeah, here it is. Mac OS Big Circle. Oh, no. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty clever. That is good. I'll give it to him. But yeah, so I guess I guess our hypothesis is uh, rounded corners are good. And there you go, that's, that's it. it. And it looks like our um, our poll agrees with us because rounded won by, by one, one vote. vote. Yep. And you could argue that I voted and therefore skewed it, and that it should actually be a tie. But I'm not gonna argue that because. We won. <laughs> Rounded corners are a viewer's choice. That's what we can call it. Look at that. I find it. I find it interesting that both of these. First of all, I feel like people. I'd be curious to know how many people answered the polls differently. Like if they if they if they prefer rounded but thought that it wouldn't be rounded. Or I wonder if most people just said that whatever they prefer is what they think will happen. But I think it's really interesting that they're yeah. both 
a tie. I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a yeah, divisive uh, a divisive change, I guess. Whatever whatever your thoughts may be, I I really don't think even if it is a little bit intrusive, even if you play full screen apps that have controls in the absolute extremist extremist corneriest corners of your screen that will be rendered hitherto useless and can never be used again. <laughs> I really think I really think it's not going to be that noticeable if they do it. And honestly, they might not because this is Apple and at Apple's core what they are is is kind of a little lazy. <laughs> you know? Like you, yeah, you could say, "Oh, their design is great if it ain't broke, don't fix it." But like nothing stopped them from making the bezels smaller. They just kind of didn't feel like it. Yeah. That's true. I mean, they're they're they have reasons like i guess they can reuse existing parts or supply chains or whatever but like at the same time it's apple and if they want to do something they absolutely can do it it's kind of scary because <laughs> the problem is if they want to do something not only can they do it but you're doing it too like getting rid of a headphone jack or replacing all the function keys with a weird weird little screen true and if they don't want you to do something like upgrade your ram or your storage then guess what see ya not gonna happen that is i am dreading the day that the port gets removed from the iphone because i feel like it's gonna happen and i am not gonna be happy Dude, I don't know. I feel like we've heard a lot about portless iphones but i just don't see why they would want because, like, they make so much money off of Lightning accessories. Because everyone has to license it. It's just, if the EU thing happens with the forcing them to use True. USB-C, that's, that, then they're just going to remove the port. And I could, I could see that being a reality. Dang. I mean, we only have a few minutes here, but... Well, one, actually. <laughs> what? I think I, could, I think I could live without a port. I think I could. Okay, I I airdrop stuff to my computer. I've got great battery life, so I don't need to charge every day. I have a wireless charger by my bed. I have a wireless charger in my car with wireless CarPlay as well. I think I could live without a port. I could live without a port. The only things that I plug into my phone these days are a charger, and if I drive my roommate's car, I have to plug in a... Uh, 3.5 millimeter jack adapter yeah the the 2008 subaru does not have carplay unfortunately well <laughs> or bluetooth to be fair uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a bit bit more foundational yes, yeah but um but okay honestly i could live without it but like i just hate wireless charging it's just not like the just the magsafe charger is just like the dumbest thing to me it's it's a cabled charger except it's attached magnetically and it's way less efficient and generates more heat and whatever, whatever. I know we've had this discussion before, but like, ugh, I just like my, I plug my cable in. I got my nice angled cable. So if I'm lying down in bed, I can like hold my phone here and the cable's not going to get bent up and I'm happy with that. And I don't want MagSafe. 
our, our final thing, the final thing that I have to say on this, because we're going a little over time here, mm-hmm. if I can find this on here, how are you supposed to transfer ProRes video without a physical port? That is a fantastic point. That is a good point. Because ProRes, ProRes kind of be sucking down the gigabytes pretty quickly. So much so that you and I know with our, our peasant phones, our 128 gigabytes, we can't even shoot 4K ProRes. Yep. They won't let you do it. Every, the, the big boys, if you spend the extra, can do it, but we can't because we didn't pay them enough money. How are you supposed to transfer that without a port? Great question. And why can we not have a USB-C port on our iPhone, on our pro iPhones with a terabyte, up to a terabyte of storage and 4K ProRes? Is that not pro enough to warrant a lightning port? I get, or warrant a USB-C port. I get lightning and licensing, whatever, but like, come on. It's like. And here's the other problem, right? I'm fairly certain that MagSafe is going to be another proprietary charger on these new MacBook Pros. Mm, Right. And my dream for the past five years has been a one-charger Apple ecosystem. I want to be able to go away for a weekend, bring bring with me my phone, my freaking AirPods, my iPad, and my MacBook, and bring one charger and just use that for everything. Yeah. It already sucks enough that I have to bring my, you know, a separate, or I, I bring a two-in-one lightning and USB-C charger. If I then have MagSafe for the MacBook, I I just pray that Apple will 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 bring back MagSafe, which is fine, but still let you charge over USB-C because I. I, I will. I, I don't think I'm going to go back to MagSafe. If the option exists to charge with USB-C on the new MacBook Pros, I will say thank you for your MagSafe charger. Now be gone. I'm back to USB-C. This is where I belong. Yeah, that's honestly... I feel like the MagSafe, at least for me, because I just leave my charger set up where I leave it, and like on a desk, the MagSafe's not going to help. And then you can plug it in on both sides with USB-C. Like, it's just... Exactly. It's just more convenient. Exactly. And do you know what else? Is well, thank convenient? you guys. Oh, what? What is it? It's uh, it's uh, it's the segue to ending our uh, show tonight. Oh, look at that! <laughs> this is this is a professional podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I take back everything I said earlier. We're not just two white guys <laughs> who are self-aware enough to know that our podcast is crap. We're the best podcasters in the universe. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. We're so good at what we do. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. What a great ending. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm your host, Luke Miani. I'm your host, Noah Rubin. This is Noah. We'll see you. I'm going to talk over you now. We'll see you next week. I'm talking over you. Have a good night. We're not professional anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs>